you are in the Ozarks. And it's after dark. And this is the After Dark Dispatch. And we're going on a killing spree. It is May 21st, 2021, and this is episode two of the After Dark Dispatch on Ozarks After Dark Radio, ozarksafterdark.com slash ADD. I will be your host, Ratchet. And tonight, I'm going to talk about how much I fucking hate slugs. That eh, I don't really hate them. <clears throat> I just hate what the fuck they do. To the shit that I try to grow. What am I growing, you might ask? Well, I'm growing wine cap mushrooms. Uh, Stropharia rugosa annulata. I got a little patch of them out back here. Um, I moved here a little bit over a year ago. Actually, it was more like a year and a half ago at this point. From Tennessee. Uh, to Northwest Arkansas, and uh, it it rains an awful lot here. It rains an awful, awful lot in the spring and in the fall. Uh, by this time, where I'm from, it's typically about 80 degrees every fucking day, um, and it doesn't rain constantly. Um. Here, here recently, uh, within the last couple of months, I, I actually bought a motorcycle, which I've been wanting to do for quite some time. Um, and I was a little bit, uh, I was a little bit pissy about the fact that every goddamn time I had a couple days off, it rained. Now it, it rains plenty of other days, but it just seemed like it was time perfectly to coincide with my days off, at least the very, very rainy days. Um, also, a couple of months ago, I ordered some liquid mycelium cultures of this mushroom species uh, from, from a vendor on Etsy. 
Um, I don't actually remember the name of the venue vendor, but I will put that in the show notes because the cultures, uh, the cultures were good. Um, I, uh, I sterilized some bird seed that I got at the local big box store. Um, after a thorough rinsing and, uh, and allowing them to sit so that all the bacterial endospores and stuff would germinate and I could, I could pressure cook the fuck out of them, kill them all. Uh, so I, uh, I had a couple of myco bags that, that I shot with, uh, with this liquid culture and I have done this a couple times in the past. And you, you can do this under very sterile conditions, actually. That's that's the way that you're supposed to do it, to do it properly. Uh, you want to do it in a clean room and blah, 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 all this bullshit. And yes, that is the proper way to do it. However, what I did was inoculate outside in the open air. And again, if you were growing from spores, this probably is not going to work for you. Uh, but... Since we were starting with a, a liquid culture already, uh, which is just, it, it's already germinated. It, uh, the spores have germinated. It's, it's uh, basically you already have the mushroom growing, um, the vegetative part of the mushroom anyway. Uh, and it's in a little syringe and you just uh, into your jars or your bags or whatever you've got. In this case, I was using uh, myco bags with a filter patch that I got from Paul Stamets' website, uh, fungi.com. And uh, over over a period of a few weeks, um, I broke this stuff up and shook it up and let it sit again, and these bags colonized very, very well. I actually... Um, uh, was attempting to find a place with some some good wood chips, uh, at least the right kind of wood chips and sawdust, and and nothing satisfactory really popped up. Uh, so I eventually just broke down and went to one of the local ag stores and bought some wheat straw. That is wheat straw. Uh, and I took the wheat straw threw it into um, basically a big bucket and took a little electric weed eater and chopped the fuck out of it so that I had a bunch of um, little giblets of wheat straw. And uh, then I, I took it and bagged it up and stuck it in water that was about 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Ugh, I hate that I use Fahrenheit for this, but but whatever. That's That's what I did. Um, if we were doing chemistry, that, that would never be the case, but this isn't that at least mm, this is a little, little further abstracted from, from the direct chemistry than that. So anyway, that's my excuse. Fuck it. Fuck you. If you don't like it, I don't like it either. We don't have to like it. We just do it or something. Anyway. Uh, so I pasteurized the straw and then took it all out back and broke it up and let it cool off and and then and then broke up the uh, 
the colonized bird seed and layered it up with the straw. Um, I, I feel like I could probably expand this considerably. Uh, I've been keeping a good eye on it and making sure that it stays watered, which, uh, as you might have gathered from the earlier part of this little whatever I'm on here, uh, is not really a problem because quite a lot of it seems to be falling from the sky pretty regularly. So I've had to water it maybe three times. Three times max. Uh, back home in Tennessee, this would have not been sufficient um, by any means. I'd be watering it twice a day, every day probably. But, but here, the sky just does that for me. Now, something that I have not dealt with in quite some time because I have not grown any mushrooms in quite some time is slugs. Slugs love mycelium. At least the mycelium of any mushrooms that I've ever grown um, successfully enough to, to have a big mass of it somewhere outside. Obviously, this isn't an issue inside unless you have some other issues uh, with your your domicile or whatever. Uh, but but outside, slugs and snails are a huge issue uh, for anybody growing mushrooms. Matter of fact, you can you can have a bunch of mushrooms pinning up and and damn near damn near ready to become full fruits. I mean, the, the sort of thing, like once they start nodding and pinning up, uh, you, you've got maximum a day or two before full fruits. Um, this isn't to the pinning stage yet, but apparently it's to enough, it's mature enough that it's, it's attracting slugs for whatever reason. I'm... Currently, not really sure why they're attracted to mycelium. I, I really haven't done any research in that vein. Um, I just know that years ago, when I first encountered this problem, I was very excited that I was about to have some spare mushrooms out of an outdoor patch. And, uh, I mean, they had started nodding up, and and they were looking good, man. They were, they were about a day from being full-blown fruits. They were very, very pretty Pretty pins, pretty little pins, just pretty, pretty little pins, little happy little pins. Put some happy little pins right there, and then we can have some happy little mushrooms. Happy, happy little mushrooms make happy, happy people, depending on the mushrooms and how many they eat. If you get my drift. Anyway, so the other night after work, I got off work at midnight. And the other night after work, I came home and checked my little my little straw pile. And what did I see crawling all the fuck over my straw pile, sucking on my mycelium? Bunch of goddamn slugs. So, naturally, I murdered every single one of them with extreme prejudice. And now I'm keeping my eye on it. Now, I, I don't know if they just don't come out while it's actively raining or what, but I haven't seen more than a couple of slugs tonight. 
So it was a little bit of false advertising. There will be no killing spree this evening. I've already killed the two snails that I found on it. And actually, right before I started recording this, I went back outside to check because I'm in kill mode because fuck slugs and fuck snails, even though snails taste very, very good if they're cooked right, which is to say that garlic and butter taste very, very good and snails can serve as a medium for that. I don't have any idea about slugs. That seems pretty goddamn disgusting to me, and I don't know why they're grosser without shells than with shells, but they are. Anyway, when I went back out there earlier, my homie homie Aries was back there. He's a big old fat cat. And I don't know, maybe he's fucking around with them and keeping them, keeping them fucked off. I'm, I'm not really sure. This is the first time that I've seen him outside when he wasn't chilling on the chair on the front porch or rolling around in catnip like a goddamn junkie. Anyway, I'm going to keep an eye on the slugs. I may expand that, uh, that pile a little bit. But one thing I definitely will do other than attempting not to swallow while the mic is miking me, because I fucking hate that sound. (sighs) One thing I will be doing to keep the slugs at bay, if they continue to be a problem, and I'm sure they will, is to erect a copper barrier around the fucking thing. Now, I did a little a little searching before starting all of this um, this evening just just to see what other people said about the copper thing. I know what I think about the copper thing. And scientific or not, uh, in the situation that I mentioned before where I discovered that the slugs would fucking fuck my shit up, I did a little research and found that copper supposedly, will keep the slugs away. Um, My friend whose house, the pile that I was growing the mushrooms on at the time, uh, whose house that pile was located at, um, when we were discussing this the first time I ran into it, he, uh, he actually went through and took a bunch of pennies um, and just glued the pennies to strips of aluminum foil uh, in an unbroken chain and laid the strips of aluminum foil all around the little pile of mushrooms and it completely eliminated the issue of the slugs eating all of the mushrooms and leaving behind a trail of slug snot. You know, you can... Do a lot of things to bait slugs in. The one that everybody seems to know about is putting a bunch of beer out and letting them get in the beer or putting beer out and and put salt in the beer so they come up and drown and melt and all this shit. Um, problem with that is the slugs are already pretty attracted to the pile itself and you end up just attracting a bunch more slugs to the area doing that. So, so that is not an optimal treatment for this issue. However, um, for whatever reason, they don't seem to cross over copper. I 
I don't understand by what mechanism that would work currently, uh, but I'll be looking into it. Um, especially, well, whether it works or not, I'll be looking into it, but I'm pretty sure it's still going to work. Anyway, yeah, that's the whole thing about slugs. Uh, let's listen to a song here. We're going to listen to FX23 Op Mindfuck under a Creative Commons license. Could you talk a little bit about an idea I've I've heard attributed to you called uh, Operation Mindfuck? Uh, Operation Mindfuck is a form of guerrilla ontology that is an attempt to galvanize the minds of many uh, readers, television viewers, to suddenly see the world in a new way. Any overt action against the power structure is doomed to failure because of the techniques of control that have been developed. The anarchistic impulses of art cannot be governed.
Corporation.
Yeah, that's FX23 with Op Mindfuck. Little Robert Anton. Ugh, little Robert Anton Wilson there for you. Ah, so, in case you didn't know, if you're white, you're a piece of shit. Uh, that should be clear to all of us at this point. Um, and John Oliver on May 10th uh, did a little bit on hair. Black hair. Whoops. Let's try that again. Moving on. Our main story tonight concerns hair, specifically black hair. Specifically black hair. You know, the kind that anybody could have, right? Like, uh, hell, white people can have black hair or black people can have black hair. That's fairly common, at least in my experience. Asian people um, have a weird tendency to also have black, have black hair. But mm, without saying so... He's definitely talking about the hair of black people, whatever that means to you. The subject that gave us the single... Uh, yeah, we don't want to hear that. Uh, so, blah, 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 and uh, he makes a few points here. Uh, some of them are valid. A lot more of them would be valid if, um, if he wasn't emphasizing race here. Uh, you know, there are definitely some huge issues with the idea that the company that you work for has any interest, let alone a large interest, in what sort of hair you're wearing. Uh, you know, this, this doesn't just apply to black folks. Um, but but that's where he's going with it, and and he, he makes some good points. Uh, he mostly destroys it with the whole race issue, but but that's fine. Um, and I'm not gonna go through this and deconstruct the whole thing. I just I found a couple of things here interesting, and and, and we're gonna we're gonna dig those up right now and then move on because this really, uh, I mean, oh my fucking god! So let's see. Right, he, he starts with this. And look, I realize I'm not the ideal person to talk about black hair. I look like I still go to an old-timey barber named Valentino and ask for the tidy Liza Minnelli. And I also know that the danger is when a white guy on TV starts confidently talking about black hair, even with the best of intentions, it can end something like this. Now, I like what he does here. He goes ahead and does the self-deprecating thing and... And, and make sure that you know he knows he's white and has no authority to talk on this whatsoever. But then he goes and talks about it. So anyway, here's the, uh, here's the little clip that he plays. And then we're going to skip forward to the end of the show and see if uh, we're going to see how consistent this whole thing is. I didn't want the little tea light to overheat and then all of a sudden we've got breaking news. Okay, here, here you have a, a pair of newscasters. Uh, on some mainstream news station. Um, and there's, there's a bald white guy and a, uh, and, and a black girl with, I don't know, with hair. But, but, but black hair. 
news here at the channel. I told you if the sprinkler system's come on, I'm done for the day. Yeah, go. That is not <laughs> sitting up here looking like not, a mop. Yeah, you don't you don't want sprinkler system <laughs> and a beautiful weave because they do not go together. Ah! Oh! Oh! Wow, you're beautiful. You said it was a weave, right? It's not. Oh. And then the guy gets up and runs off wow. in one direction, that and she gets up out of her chair and runs off in the other. And, and they look like they're having a good time with it. He obviously misspoke and knows he's in some kind of trouble. And she's just having a good time with it. She's like, wow, you just made an idiot of yourself somehow or another. And I don't know. They they look like two people who are very comfortable with one another and and are just having a good time with, with one of their fuck-ups. Exact right reaction to announcing your black co-worker's hair is a weave live on air. Getting up from your desk and just running away. Running forever, running until your life fades behind you and your feet touch the ocean. Now, you should know, those two co-workers seem to have gotten over that incident, putting out... Uh, uh-oh. You, sh you should know that those two co-workers seem to have gotten over the incident. A video titled Blaine and Layla discuss hair weave a rebuttal, where Blaine says he's learned the difference between quick weaves, lace fronts, and sew-ins because of their friendship. But the fact is... Boom. Okay. So this guy, John Oliver, acknowledges here outright that because of their friendship, he's learned a lot. Not not John Oliver, the the other newscaster, the white guy, uh, which feels to me like the way that people should interact. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like she got her fucking drawers in a wad about it, and uh, you know, and it looks like he learned something. That is, that's that's what that's what being a person is. Okay, that's what. That's what it's like to live with one another, okay? And, and be reasonable fucking people. But no. He, he you know, and he, we, he covers some other ground in this, but we're going to skip to the end again. Just in the name of examining the consistency or lack thereof in this And social stigma piece. and unrealistic beauty standards aren't going to go away overnight. There are a few things that white viewers in particular might want to keep in mind going forward. And to that end, if you are one, there's a message that you should probably hear. Are you ready? Are you ready? Hi, white people. I'm Uzo Aduba. I'm Craig Robinson. Hi, white people. I'm Leslie Jones. What's up, black people? Brothers and sisters. You good? Your mama good? All right, listen, I got to talk to these white people for a second. I'll see you at the meeting. All right. Look, white people. I know you have lots of questions. Like, maybe too many questions. Like, how often do you have to wash black hair? I do not have that question. What is the silk press? What? I would not even know to ask that question. What does a do-rag do? Well, Besides look fucking stupid on almost everyone who wears one. Now the good news is we're about to fill you in. We're about to give you the answer to all your questions about black hair. You ready for it? You ready for it? You ready for it? Okay, here it is. Here it comes. Google it. Google it. Fucking Google it. Fucking Google it. I mean, it doesn't have to be Google. It can be fucking Bing. 
YouTube, Wikipedia, I don't give a shit. The information. I don't give a shit. Information is out there. And once you get the information, you can appreciate all the beauty and hard work it takes to keeping my hair laid and looking good, okay? All right. Get the fuck over yourself. I don't give a fuck how long it takes you to do your goddamn hair. I don't give a fuck if it takes you an hour, a day, 15 days. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter if you're white or you're black or you're fucking Chinese or you're purple or you're a fucking space alien or you have no hair. I don't care how you got to have no hair. I don't give a fuck. Who cares? Get over your fucking self. And if you're not interested in Googling it, there is another option. Fuck off. Leave us the fuck alone. Fucking off is always an option. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and look, white people, don't tell me you can't figure this out on your own. You figured out settlers of Catan. You figured out sourdough bread last year. I think you can Google the word weave. You I figured out sourdough bread before last year. What the fuck a box braid is, bitch? I don't give a fuck. Okay, I think that just about covers bitch. it. Basically, just Google it. Don't touch it. And there's one more thing. Don't. Okay. I do not make a habit of touching anyone else's hair. If I'm not pulling your hair, I I don't give a fuck to touch it. I I just I just don't care. It's a weird thing to do. To anybody to walk up and fucking touch their hair. Oh, guess what? For a number of years, I culturally appropriated a black, quote unquote, and air quotes, black hairstyle. Okay. I had dreadlocks for a number of years. <laughs> and I had people, predominantly women for whatever reason, white and black. Matter of fact, I was in a city that was majority black for most of that time, the vast majority of the time that I had dreadlocks, I lived in Memphis, Tennessee, is predominantly black, okay? I had all sorts of black ladies wanting to touch my hair. Maybe because a white dude had a... I don't know, but they didn't seem to be... They weren't like, oh, fuck you. You got fucking dreads. What are you doing with dreads? You can't have dreads. You're a white guy. Blah, 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 blah. They were just like, oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. Can I touch it? And like, yeah, sure. That's, I mean, it's fucking weird. It's weird for anybody to have somebody who is a total stranger come up to him to come up to them and asked to touch their hair. Really, it would kind of be weird for a total stranger to just come up and ask to touch you to begin with. At all. I'm not saying it's bad. It's It, it definitely is not... It's not the norm, I would say. At least in my experience. But it did happen to me, and I didn't get offended by it. And it didn't seem like the people... At least the, the people who would be relevant, quote unquote, like the black people, it, it really didn't seem like they were upset that I stole their hair or some bullshit like that. Plus, uh, white guy dreads, by and large, don't look the same as black guy dreads or black chick dreads or black it zim zir zir, whatever the fuck dreads, okay? Uh, it, I don't know. It, if you don't, it, it just... I, I, I don't know. Just don't get so fucking... Don't get your drawers in a wad about every fucking thing. It, now, 
yeah, I did a little editorializing and ranting and pausing and stuff there, but do you remember the first clip that we went over? The first clip that we listened to where the, the two newscasters, like the one guy shit and stepped in it and they all had a laugh and then they came out and said, oh, because we're friends, we, you know, I learned something from her. Well, guess what? He didn't Google that shit. He learned from his friend, his coworker, whatever. I don't know if they're friends. They off they looked awfully friendly, but they're definitely coworkers. Okay. It's kind of their job to look like they get along in that position. So I have no idea if they're actually friends, but they uh it was sort of pre- presented that way in in that first clip. Now, fast forward to the end of the show, which is where this clip this clip caps the show off. Uh it seems like you're just not allowed to even ask. Um, Definitely not allowed to ask to touch it, which, again, I think is kind of a fucking weird thing to ask. But if somebody, I mean, you know, I don't know. The idea that we're going to better understand one another or learn anything from one another or think of each other as neighbors or equals or friends... Uh, it doesn't seem like Google it or fuck off promotes living together or understanding one another or being friendly with one another or having a dialogue with one another. Google it or fuck off um, just seems counterproductive if those things are the end goal. If the end goal is alienation and division, then you guys are doing a bang up fucking job. I gotta say, and and, and I don't know who these other two jamokes are, but the guy, and I don't know his name. I'm not good, and it's not because he's a black guy. And oh, you don't remember black guys' names that are in stuff, or women's names that are in stuff, or blah 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 blah. blah. I, I'm not good with celebrity names unless somebody really sticks out to me. I, I, it just, it's like, oh, that guy from that thing, you know, um, uh, maybe everybody's not like that, but, but that's how I am. These people are just not important people to me. Uh, but, but I know somebody that pops up that I like and the guy, I guess this guy was in the office. He was the, the guy that, that played all the music and he plays music and all kinds of other shit. He, he was in, uh, uh, I think he was in um, uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. No, I know he was because he was the dude with the evil ass, evil ass wife. White boy. I said, white boy. You fuck me, would you? He's like, say yes, just say yes. <laughs> the dude's funny as fuck, but, uh, but I'm not really impressed by this. But again, he's a comedian. He's, he's being funny or he thinks he's being funny. And, and I get it. Um, but, but bro, I don't want to pet your hair or spritz it and pet you like a cat. Spray my hair with water and tap my head. I'm not a cat. And anytime I've ever sprayed a cat with water, it's usually to get them the fuck off of something. And you don't pat their head afterwards because that sends mixed fucking messages. And plus... That cat don't want shit to do with you after you squirted it with some fucking water. Not a fucking thing. Matter of fact, 
Watch your ass next time you get on the stairs. Just saying. Anyway, sometimes John Oliver entertains me, and sometimes he's just in la-la land. But, hey, he's not writing all this shit. All right, uh, all that having been said... um, I'll put a link to that. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I may or may not put links to the time codes depending on whether I want to get this fucking thing out, 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 or whether I want to obsess over insanely small details that really probably don't matter at all. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, uh, with that being said, let's listen to Mindex Weasel. <laughs>
Isn't that relaxing? The answer is yes. That was Mindex with Weasel under a Creative Commons license. You are listening to the After Dark Dispatch on Ozarks After Dark Radio at ozarksafterdark.com slash ADD. Uh, have you noticed, <clears throat> and unless you're living under a rock, you have, that there's an awful lot of UFO talk these days. An awful, awful lot. And an awful lot of it seems to be coming from declassified information. That's air quotes. Uh, I'm looking at one right here, uh, an article right here, rather, uh, from the 14th of May. Incredible new U.S. Navy footage captures 150-mile-per-hour UFO descending into water. And then it says, uh, oh, let's see. Oh, where does it say it? I just saw it. And it. The video taken by crew aboard the USS Omaha in July 2019 shows a black spherical object hurtling through the sky before suddenly disappearing beneath the surface of the ocean. Somewhere it actually says uh, that it does it without... Oh, yes. We'll just continue reading the article. It's very short. This is from... The Daily Star, dailystar.co.uk, a very reputable magazine. <coughs> Incredible footage has emerged of an unidentified flying object. I guess they haven't gotten the memo that now it's unidentified aerial phenomena. But anyway, incredible footage has emerged of an unidentified flying object, UFO, hurling towards the sea in front of a U.S. Navy combat ship before submerging without any damage. The astonishing unclassified video has been posted by investigative filmmaker Jerry Corbell, who famously shared footage of pyramid UFOs captured by crew of the USS Russell in July 2019. Jeremy has previously shared screenshots of the encounter, but has now released the video to his website, ExtraordinaryBeliefs.com. Taken by the Combat Information Center of the USS Omaha on July 15, 2019, the clip shows a black spherical object hurtling through the sky. To begin with, it seems much the same as the infamous USS Nimitz encounter, as well as the previously released Pyramid UFOs. <laughs> but, uh, let's see. Uh, but then something truly bizarre happens. The object descends towards the ocean. Oh, there's so much wrong with that, but whatever. The object descends towards the ocean surface and suddenly disappears as, as it appears to submerge into the water. Whoa, it splashed an officer behind the camera, audibly stunned, can be heard saying. The object was traveling at speeds from 46 miles per hour to 158 miles per hour during the sighting. According to Jeremy, no wreckage was found and none of the unknown aircraft was recovered. A submarine was even reportedly deployed to hunt for the UFO, but found nothing. Well, it would be a USO at that point, but whatever. The craft, Jeremy says, remains unidentified. It appears to prove the theory that many of the UFOs encountered by U.S. Navy officials are transmedium vehicles, meaning they can operate both in the R 
and underwater. Yes, that is in the A-R-E and underwater. These people clearly proofread nothing. Quote, they can move from one medium, air, to the next, sea, with ease. Jeremy previously told Daily Star. <laughs> yeah, in a completely unrelated conversation. Well, related in the sense that they're talking about UFOs slash USOs. Uh, anyway, it goes on to say the filmmaker who has previously produced documentaries for Netflix has told this site in the past that U.S. Navy officials have discussed the possibility that UFOs are coming from an underwater base. As you would have an embassy in a foreign land, it is possible that there's a congregation or a station or a location underwater where UFOs could be transiting from once they're here, wherever they come from, he said. That is a possibility that UFOs are transiting from a localized place underneath the water. So that is, that's the end of that article, and uh, I'll put that in the show notes as well. There's a video. Uh, there aren't really any good clips to play from it, but essentially, what you see is um, a you know a little a little circle, a little black circle, and it goes down, and then it disappears. Uh, it it apparently disappears beneath the horizon. Uh, you you can't really from the video tell if it goes into water or it just vanishes or, or whatever. There is a guy who says splash, splash. Uh, but, but you can't, the, the video is grainy. Just, just like most, if not all UFO videos, really the, uh, the only really super good example that I can think of, of video UFO video that is, not have this fucked up grainy quality and is is really is really stunning is um is the phoenix lights the phoenix lights were really fucking something and if you if you've never seen video of the phoenix lights go go look into that a little bit that was seen by a bunch of people and there is a lot of good video of it it's it's it, it was it was captured in a time uh, where people people didn't just have supercomputers in their fucking pocket, uh, you know, with with hot mics and fifteen video cameras on one side and two on the other and all this bullshit. Um, uh, so it's it's not it wasn't captured as widely as it would be today. But but look into it. The Phoenix lights are fucking fantastic. Uh, this is a different phenomenon, I think. I I think that um, I think that John C. Dvorak of No Agenda, um, I think he's probably nailed it. Uh, every time we see one of these videos, okay. First of all, I'm gonna backpedal or not backpedal, but but let's uh, 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 we'll circle back to that. <laughs> yes, because we circle back these days, um, but. Shit. There I go again, forgetting what the fuck I was going to talk about. Talking about something else and forgetting. And where was I going with that? Phoenix. Phoenix lights. And then, ah, fuck. Well, we'll, we'll just go with what Dvorak thinks. If you'll notice, uh, 
Oh, yeah. What I was going to say. It, if you have any questions about whether the government wants you to think, is trying to get you to think along certain lines here or not, just remember what happens when information that they actually don't want getting to you gets out. Okay. Edward Snowden still lives in Russia. Okay. Because of what he told everybody. Julian Assange, mm, last we were told anything, uh, is in prison being basically being tortured by the British government. Um, and we'll probably never see the light of fucking day. Thanks. Donald. <sighs> On both counts. Thanks, Donald. Anyway. Not that the British would have let him go. It's not like we could pressure the fuck out of them into doing that on top of pardoning him or pretend like we're not going to pardon him, get him over here, pardon him and give him a fucking medal. No. No, it's not like we could have done that at all. Mm. Well, that ship has sailed. You know this guy's not going to fucking do it. And uh, and probably nobody else ever, ever. So that guy's probably never going to see the light of day. And uh, last I checked, um, formerly Bradley, now Chelsea Manning, uh, is back in prison because he won't... Uh, give up some sort of information on WikiLeaks that they're looking for. I don't remember the specifics, but if he's gotten out, um, I don't know about it. I'm not going to look it up right now. Uh, fact remains, that guy got railroaded. Guy, girl, whatever the fuck. Who cares? Uh, got railroaded. Assange got railroaded hard, and um, so did Snowden. So... So when the government doesn't want you to know something or be thinking about something, they don't go around leaking shit about it, okay? And and these videos are declassified videos. And, and what are we supposed to think? That the government's just putting it out there and finally being honest about it? And, oh, yeah, well, we've been denying all this shit for years, and now we're... No, it's maybe a thing, and, and we're coming around. And they're not coming around. This is something else. Now, back to um, Dvorak's take on this, and, and I tend to agree. It, it hadn't really landed with me until he put it into these words. But I've been wondering about this, and this is the thing that makes the most sense to me. When you watch these videos, they all, they're, these are not, um, this is, these are all coming through electronic devices of some sort. These are all infrared cameras or some, some other type of radar technology. Um, all of this is coming through some digital, some digital, um, how am I trying to say this? Essentially, this is probably a demonstration of an advanced spoofing technology, uh, some way to, to falsify the, 
the signals that uh, radar or or infrared cameras are accepting a, a basket, probably a basket of detection methods, um, are are able to be exploited by some weird electronic means. Um, you know, if you want to take it to an extreme, there's, you know, something like harp could be involved. It, there's, there's really no telling. Well, there's telling, but, but they're not telling. Um, but, but none of this, uh, I, I don't recall any of this stuff, any of these, uh, soldiers, uh, Navy men, whatever, making claims that they saw this stuff with their naked eyes. Um, uh, th this looks like some kind of spoofing tech. And to me, it looks like a demo. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's like a demo, either a demo and they're covering it up with this UFO nonsense, uh, or if you want to take it uh, extrapolate out a little further into La La Land, um, uh, the beginnings of a of a Project Blue Beam uh, type scenario, which you know it might be a kooky idea, um, but the government's full of kooks, so I don't know. Let's listen to another track. Uh, this is going to be Fazulu with Morphic Resonance.
That's funny. I don't recall asking for a really, 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 really,
Yeah, right. That, uh, again, that was, um, who the fuck was that? That was Fuzulu with Morphic Resonance. <sighs> you gotta love Rupert Sheldrake, man. That dude's, that dude's on to something. Not on something. Well, he was he was one of Terrence McKenna's buddies, so he might be on something. Probably the good shit too. Almost surely the good shit if you if you go listen to him. Check out the Science Delusion by Rupert Sheldrake if you want uh, if you want something that's a, a really good listen. Uh, that guy that guy's on to something. Uh, anyway, uh, that's gonna be pretty much it. Uh, I'm again, I'm Ratchet, and this is the After Dark Dispatch on Ozarks After Dark Radio at ozarksafterdark.com slash ADD. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me, hate mail, love mail, dick pics, twat pics, whatever. Uh, if you got, uh, any creative commons music that you think might be good on the show, uh, anything, just anything you can, uh, you can reach me at ratchet at ozarksafterdark.com. Um, or if you just want to listen to some tunes, uh, I got high octane, um, dark psy and, uh, and high tech trance, high tech psychedelic trance, um, uh, at ozarksafterdark.com, uh, on the high octane stream and some mm, less nerve wracking, maybe, uh, psychedelic and psychedelic leaning music, psychedelic adjacent. Ooh, there we go. Sigh adjacent music on the Go Easy On Me stream. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, also, if uh, if you get value from this show, uh, feel free to send me whatever the fuck you want to send me. Um, there is a value for value link at on the website. Um, uh, all the music uh, that's played in this show is... Uh, is released under a Creative Commons license and can be found at ectoplasm.com, E-K-T-O-P-L-A-Z-M.com, at least currently. Uh, all the tracks on this show uh, so far have been uh, released on that website first. It's a great repository of uh, Creative Commons music. Oh, another, uh, as far as value for value, um, I'm also a, a Brave Verified creator, so... Uh, Basic attention token can be uh, sent right out of the Brave browser, um, uh, right on the website. Um, and that's that's going to be it. Uh, thanks for listening. And we are going to go out on a high note here, or a little bit of a wild note with Mindelve. We wouldn't partay with you under a Creative Commons license. See you next time. Okay.